Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. On Rutherford Issues today, we're going to be chatting about the Child Advocacy Center. Katie Enzer is here, Elizabeth Benton is here, and lots and lots to talk about here this morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Brian. Good morning to Elizabeth as well. Good morning. Now, I heard you just say right before we went on, someone you know is listening this morning? <laughs> My dad. Hi, Dad. Hey. <laughs> What's Dad's name? Carl Blair. All right. Well, Carl, thanks for listening. <laughs> You've got a great daughter there. So, uh, Katie, um, appreciate you coming in this morning. You've been pretty busy lately, haven't you? Just a tad bit, Brian, just like everyone else, though. <laughs> I mean, I just I love hosting events and being out in the community and getting ready for golf scrambles. It's been quite the excitement. Well, getting ready for one event and putting another uh, event, I guess some. Um, you always try to look at what happened and while it's fresh on the brain and, and make some adjustments for next year. But I did want to talk about um, uh, Light Up the Night a little bit, and we're going to talk turkey tea off. But um, with Elizabeth being here, Elizabeth, you are a forensic interviewer, right? Yes. Okay, so what is that exactly? So I am who, whenever the kids come in, I am who they actually talk with um, at the center. Um, and so a forensic interview um, in the past, kids, you know, they would disclose to say like a teacher and then they would call the police and they'd talk to police and then they would get DCS and they'd have to tell DCS. And so um, about 20 years ago, the CAC model kind of really picked up. And so the point of that is that the kid gets to hopefully come talk with me. It gets video recorded. Um, and then that way they only have to tell their story one time um, instead of over and over and over again and having to be re-traumatized over and over again, having to share that story. Um, so I am who actually listens to them talk about what has happened to them so I'm, I'm sure there's there's lots of training and schooling that you've had to go through for that but still you're you're interviewing kids about the worst thing that's ever happened to them so that's got to that's got to weigh on you a little bit it does and i've been blessed that i'm somehow able to mostly compartmentalize it or else my kids would just be living in some kind of really terrible bubble um, so i am able to do that so that my kids can enjoy life <laughs> I'm, I'm sure though you have to look at that at times and think um wow if that can happen it could happen to to anyone when you hear some of these stories and it can and i think people tend to think oh that won't happen here that won't happen at my church in my sports you know system whatever but it can happen anywhere with any family with any child um, so it's always important to have safety measures in place um, with your children and wherever they are so that you know that they are safe when people talk to you about you know you're just striking up a conversation maybe someone is you know pleasant conversation that says oh you work at the CAC child advocacy center you know exactly what do you do and what what drives you in that passion what would you say to that um, so what I love about my job is that sometimes those kids may have talked to different people and disclosed to different people and nobody has believed them. Um, but whenever they come into that room and they talk with me, they get to leave there knowing that at least one person believes them um, and has listened to them share their story. Um, and 
the whole purpose of the CAC is to get justice for um, all of those children. And so we work closely with law enforcement, um, DCS, and the district attorney's office to make sure that all of the children um, get the justice that they deserve. I'm sure that there are many times that, you know, kids have disclosed to, you know, parent, guardian, someone very close to them. And, and like you said, they they didn't believe the story for some reason. And, and to have the courage to say something for that child is huge. And to not believe them, I'm, I'm sure that's kind of devastating. And does that extend the time? I mean, maybe it could take years before you actually get to the uh, someone who says yes and I believe you let's investigate yeah um, and that's why you know you hear stories of you know something happening to someone when they were you know five years old and they're a grown adult before they ever you know disclose to someone or you know disclose it to the person that finally believes them um, because it's scary and they might have you know, tried to disclose a little bit before and got shot da- shut down. And so they, you know, decide, well, obviously they're not going to believe me. And so they just keep it in. Um, so it's important that if your kids do come to you with something like that, or, you know, any child comes to you with something like that, um, that you keep those doors of communication open and kind of, you know, don't overreact to it. Just listen to them, see what they have to say. And then even if you in your mind think oh so and so couldn't do that let the professionals investigate and find out if so and so really could or couldn't you know do that um because you would be surprised at how many times it is somebody that we love somebody that we trust um that is the person that is doing these things to our children you know i can only imagine the situation you know a a child confides in uh, a parent guardian someone an adult let's just say and then the thought by the adult is okay did this really did this really happen i can't believe so and so would have done this if i report it what happens what if it's not true i mean all of those questions emotions come up and 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 you go through that so it's it's a hard decision for even the adults to make isn't it yeah um and Rest assured that in Rutherford County, we have what's called a SIPIT team, and it's the Child Protective Investigative Team. Rest assured that it is an amazing group of professionals who investigate each one of these cases. Um, And we do try to get to the bottom of, did this happen? Did it not happen? Um, And it's a great group of people who who are doing that work. Right. Uh, And to have the courage to come forward... I would imagine also that that leads to a lot that never do. Would that be true? Yes. There are so many um, kids who something has happened to them and they haven't disclosed and they might not ever disclose. And then there are adults walking around among us who something has happened to them and they have held that in um, and they don't plan on talking to anyone about it. Um, The statistics say, I believe that's one in 10 Mm -hmm. um, kids will be sexually abused by the time that they are 18. Um, So just think about all of the kids that you come in contact with, whether it's on, you know, a baseball team, a soccer team, your kid's class. Um, That's, a lot of kids that something is potentially going to happen to before they turn 18. So. so I wanted to also go back to when, when it is actually reported and, and you said close someone close to you, but, but any adult, if you hear something, 
you're supposed to report that, right? Yes. In the state of Tennessee, all adults are mandated reporters. So not just teachers, not just doctors. Every single adult in the state of Tennessee is a mandated reporter. Um, so if you suspect something, um, you can call. Um, I can give you that number. Um, or you can make um, a report online. It can be anonymous or you can give them your information. No matter what, it is always anonymous to the family. No one else will ever know who made the report um, except for the people working the case. The family will never know that information. And that, that could be important because I'm, I'm sure, just to go back to what I mentioned earlier, let's say... Uh, there's an incident reported you're the parent of this child but it's your brother and so we report that the uncle did something and, and that may put the brakes on the adult wanting to say something right. you know what I mean so the fact that it can be done anonymously that kind of takes that burden away that that barrier away from the person reporting it maybe. yes and they will never know who made that report um, that is covered by law. So, <laughs> well, that's that's. Um, do do you see that being a, a hindrance for someone wanting to report? I mean, have you seen that in cases before? I'm sure. Well, let me say too, Brian. Um, all of us at the CAC try to be uh, maintain our phone system, so we mm -hmm. have 13 lines that we can all be available for. And oftentimes, I've received calls um, at the CAC, which is completely uh, understandable, and we we encourage it um, of someone in that particular stance that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I believe this is happening, but I don't want to start anything or mm -hmm. yeah. I don't want to say anything and it might not be true or he's my family or she's my family and what do I do? And we highly encourage throughout the phone call, I'll stay with you on the phone. You can come, I can meet you and we can walk you through that. I mean, we're advocates not only for the children, but also for families um, and of course people that are going through this because it is a hard decision. Um, and I think about oftentimes what I would do if that would be, you know, me. And so I hope somebody would walk me through that process. Process, and that's kind of another reason why we're advocates for the community because we want to also make sure that that report gets made because again so oftentimes that report does not ever see the light of day right and that really could have helped someone um, even though it would have probably put a little strain on the family for a little while something very well could have just been misunderstood and we can work through that with like Elizabeth said trained professionals who ask the right questions go through the right protocols and can help that family heal um whether the disclosure is something that's traumatic or it might even be just a miscommunication sure uh we've got uh katie enzer and elizabeth benton with the child advocacy center joining us today and you know as 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 you were talking elizabeth i just kept thinking about all the different barriers that are there mm -hmm. you know and there are so many of them to and and that that's why child abuse is underreported severely yes. um and so but you've done what you can do to help take away some of those barriers, and I think that's an important message. Yeah. So uh, as a forensic interviewer, you, you, you see these cases, and, and you say that you're able to compartmentalize all of that. <laughs> Try to. <laughs> Try to. I, I know that that has to be difficult, but um, the, that process, the, the more comfortable the child is, I guess the more willing they are to come forward with information, and, and that's really what makes the CAC work very well for kids. Right. The CAC, we try to make it um, a very kid-friendly place. Um, so when you walk in, it looks a lot like a living room mm -hmm. um, with couches and um, things like that, just to make it not seem so like 
doctory or anything like that. We want it to be more comfortable. Um, and then the actual room that we interview in is the same way. Um, it's set up a lot, kind of like a living room. Um, a lot of times we'll have like Play-Doh, um, a big board that they can draw on. So it's all child-centered, child-focused. Um, and in our training, um, we're taught to let the interview also be child-led. So we're not introducing anything um, in our any new information or anything like that. We're following their lead um, and trying to build rapport with them and let them know, you know, this is a safe place for you to talk about what has or hopefully hasn't happened yeah. to you. Yeah. So, Well, Katie, let me give you a few minutes to uh, talk about Turkey Tea Off and maybe wrap up Light Up the Night because it's, it's events like this with the community supporting financially that uh, keeps the CAC uh, doors open and, and uh, you know, fantastic staff like Elizabeth here making impacts in our community. Yeah, it, it's a it's amazing group that we get a chance to work with each and every day. Um, we have a lot of staff members, a lot like Elizabeth, but she's special today because she's here with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is also some of those fun things that some of the staff does get to do. Yeah. They can show maybe they're not as fundraising-y as I like to be, but they like to come out and help me get keep these uh, events going and help the community see, hey, I'm behind the scenes, and if they have any questions, the staff is there to answer. So um, we do have an event coming up. Uh, it is our annual turkey tee-off. It's our 12th annual. Uh, this year we're actually hosting it at Indian Hills Golf course so we've changed locations this year um, and so if you need to find any information on that um, it is on our website and on our Facebook page um, of course or you can call me at 615-867-9000 we'll be holding that on November the 5th at Indian Hills um, it is a Saturday um, we are looking for sponsors right now so whole sponsors breakfast sponsors um, and lunch sponsors. Um, if you'd like to sponsor some of those holes, we'd love to have you and your team um, involved in that. And of course, tea box sponsors. So a sign that just represents your business all throughout the course uh, for golfers to see and interact with is $50. Um, and so we'd love to have your team come out and join us. Um, and we have until October the 24th for sponsors to get in and go ahead and get their name on logos and go ahead and get that stuff going and out into the public. So uh, again, November fifth, and and for golfers, uh, I guess where do where do they get to sign up? Yep, you can go online. Um, we have an option for them to do that via credit card or PayPal or Venmo online, um, or they can of course give me a call and I can help walk them through that. You can pay cash or check uh, through the mail if you'd like, and I think we will be able to determine some of that at the day of the event. But we would certainly like to have at least a number of who we need to feed <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. So this is more of a sign up fundraiser, and we also just want to make sure it's a fun Saturday because uh, in the end of this will be the first right it'll be the first event in November that we host uh, and then we'll go straight into Thanksgiving and then we'll go we're already talking about Christmas in yeah. some cases <laughs> um, and so we're just really excited to get back in, out on the course and have a great day of golf what is a check I'm just kidding. Uh -huh. <laughs> you probably don't get as many of those anymore, do you? You would be so surprised <laughs> really? how, how many businesses continue to do it. So well, how we are thankful for that. Every one of them. <laughs> every That's single exactly. one of them. So uh, CACRutherford.org? CACRutherford.org. Or our Facebook handle is CACRutherford. Um, and, of course, you can always reach Katie at 615-867-9000. Appreciate you both being here today. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you. And uh, that's our friends from the CAC.